Hey everyone, your designers are here. I'm Anita at Cedar Hill Farmhouse. And I'm Yvonne at Stone Gable. And I'm Kelly at My Soulful Home. We've got tips and tricks and decorating advice for you today, so let's get started. Today is episode 185, and we are addressing listener questions because we have so many listener questions, and we didn't get to answer everyone's uh, recently when we did a listener question episode. So we thought we wouldn't make you wait too long because some people want to get rolling with their Mm -hmm. decorating projects, and they need a little input from the DTT team. So we are here for you. And uh, since... Uh, we had the last listener question episode. We've gotten more questions. So please trust us. If you sent us a question, you're going to get an answer. You may have already gotten one via email or a brief one, or you've gotten information that we're going to talk about your question on the air today, which is April 4th. So if you don't hear your name or your question today, hang tight and we will be answering it soon in another listener question episode. And you know, it's not just for the people that write in. There's a lot of great decorating questions they ask and and people, other people listening, I'm sure have some of these same concerns. Exactly. And you can apply that to your own Absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to find any of the links or anything that we're talking about here, check out the show notes at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 185. So today we're going to kick off our listener questions with Hillary H. Hillary wants to know... Santa, are sleigh beds out (laughs) or are they in? And how about mahogany finish? And what if you have the combo sleigh bed in a mahogany finish? Uh What do you do? You don't want to paint your beautiful bed, but you're not even sure if you really want your sleigh bed. But how do you make it modern farmhouse and freshen it all up? And we're going to um, let Anita handle this question for Hillary. Hi, Hillary. I think that's a great question. And I think that happens so much. We hear from somebody who has a piece of furniture that they're not so crazy about anymore, but they don't want to paint it and they don't want to get rid of it. And that's fine. There's a lot of things that you can do. Sleigh beds are not as hot as they were at one point. You know, think trends come and go, but they're certainly very nice to have. And I think they're still beautiful. So I think that's a great call to keep your sleigh bed. And the mahogany is not on trend right now, but you know how things go. I'm sure it'll be back on trend at some point. So, so yeah, I think we can definitely work with a sleigh bed that is mahogany. So what I would do is to try to work with what you have. So we can't disguise it. We're not going to paint it. So I think we need to work with it. And if you put white bedding on it. So really what we're talking about is bedding. That's what we, that's the only thing left that we can do. Uh, But if you go with white bedding, it's going to really emphasize the fact that the color of the stain is very dark. So I would suggest going with darker linens. And I think that something that would give it a very fresh today, now on trend look is to go with what we talk about all the time. And that is linen bedding. So you can get yourself some beautiful linen sheets. I would get some big Euro shams to put at the head. And then that way, you know, that's going to cover up the mahogany back there. I don't know what size your bed is, but I definitely get, so if it's a king, you're probably going to want to get three Euro shams. If it's a queen, you can get two. And then I would layer some, the Euro shams with some king pillows 
uh, and then maybe I'll do the long bolster pillow, especially in a beautiful velvet or linen. And then I would go with some darker linen, a linen duvet and kind of that, that rumpled look like you just got out of bed and you know, it's not, I wouldn't do the really neat tuck in and everything. And I'm going to link to my post that I did on this beautiful ruffled duvet cover because they've got an aquamarine that I think would be beautiful with that color. And I'm going to link it up for you. So you go, go look to the link I include. And I think these darker colors, the wood rose and the aquamarine, and there, I think there may be some gray and some other blues in there would be freshen it up. And I think you'd be thrilled with it. And that sounds pretty. I like the aquamarine with the mahogany. That would be beautiful. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's definitely the way to go. The linens really can speak volumes about a, a fresh farmhouse look rather than emphasizing the bed. Well, nice. right. And the rumpled, I think it's kind of a casual, elegant look. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. So Hillary, we got you covered. Now, Carol. Carol is going to be painting her front door. Yvonne's going to talk mm-hmm. to Carol about her choices and what you do. Carol. So Yvonne, Carol wanted to know. She has a white and a black house. And mm-hmm. so she can really go any color with mm-hmm. that, you know, combination mm-hmm. outside. So the question is, do you do the door alone? Do you do the door and the side lights? And Carol also likes to leave the door open in nice weather. Mm-hmm. And she has a screen door, which I sounds like in the email, she's not a huge fan of. So you may want to think <laughs> about taking that off, Carol. Mm-hmm. But if she left the door open... Picture that. So the door Mm -hmm. is open. And Mm -hmm. then she's having a very neutral interior. So does she have to worry about the color of the door and how it's going to work with the inside since her habit is to leave the door ajar and open in the nice weather? So we got a lot of things going on. A lot of moving parts here. Well, first of all, hi, Carol. I'm so glad that you wrote in and we can tackle this problem or this question because it's pretty easy. Um, your outside front door, you can paint either just the door and leave the skylights, the trim, the trim color of your house or paint it white. And the trim color of our house, we have the same thing. We have a door with a transom at the top and skylights on the side. We chose just to paint the door, but you could also paint the whole entire thing. It gives, I think, a big presence all in one all in one color. So you can go either way. You sort of have to play around with that. Um, I, it just depends on the, let's say the color of your trim is something that you really don't like, then maybe I would. Well, her trim is black. uh, Her, all of, all of her, no, wait, her trim around her, around her windows and things are black. Yeah. So her, her color, her colors are white and black. Okay. So white siding and then black. I'm not sure if every window is the mm-hmm. black. I would think that maybe the side lights might be white. Mm-hmm. But um, so it just depends on um, what color you like and how it's going to work with your house. I like just the door painted, but that's just, I mean, that's such a personal opinion. So yeah, it can go either way. I would agree way. with you. Here's the big thing, though. I think a front door should pop. Uh, I think it, you need a really nice pop of color there. And sometimes you could even get a little playful. And a little bird told me you like um, the master's paint 
uh, series for the outdoor. Yeah, Modern Masters. Modern Masters for the outdoor um, door. And they have some great colors, but you don't need just to go with them. Most any other outdoor paint color for doors or even outdoor would work. Cause, um, and I'd use a latex. Um, um, but you know, also think about this, a black sort of shiny door with a little bit of a sheen to it would add a very classic look to your house. It's a little more dramatic. It's a little more monochromatic. But that would also be pretty. But for your house, and I don't know, I love that sort of limey green color. And oh, with the black and the white, it would be gorgeous. And you asked another question. You do not have to match your door to the interior of your house. It's just going to be open and people just know that's your door. And you're not, you don't know if you're going to take the screen door off or not. Here's the things you have to ask yourself. When you have it open, does it give, does it really cool down your house? Do you have a cross breeze? And if you really do have a cross breeze, you might want to consider that or maybe even buying, I don't know how new your glass doors are, but they have ones that are just basically the molding and it's all glass or all screen. So, you know, you could really see your door inside that. But if it's something that doesn't give you a big cross breeze, you might want to consider taking it off because I think the windows do just as good of a job. Good. Okay. I hope I've answered your question. Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh, my door is black on the outside and it's the way they sprayed it on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a patent leather. It's I great. love I, that. I love it. I didn't know mm-hmm. they were doing it that way. And usually I I'm a brush stroke girl, but mm-hmm. I really love the way the, the black door looks. So I'm that thinking, is definitely a fun. Yeah, I'm thinking of painting ours exactly the same. It's um, it's a a uh, a mistake color. We were sort of going for a dark gray charcoal gray, and it ended up being this great gray blue that is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm we're ready for a change this spring and summer, and I'm thinking that patent leather black is just so striking, especially mm, if you have a wreath beautiful. or anything on it. It just shows up so well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in here with one now. Suzanne okay. uh, emailed us and she was wondering about kid-friendly decor. So she says that um, it looks like Ikea and Toys R Us threw up in her house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, get that visual. Been okay. there, so done that. We've all been there, that done mess. that. <laughs> She's got uh, three-year-old twins and a five-year-old. So um, God bless you, Suzanne. Aww, he um, hey, you know, I think Ikea is great for lots of things, but yes, I think when people default to Ikea because they're like, we have kids or this is our first apartment or whatever, every, then it looks like, you know, you're a little section in Ikea. And then of course you're going to have the Toys R Us things because the kids need to play and they need to be stimulated and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and um, you know, I know there are all sorts of organic and, you know, just wooden toys out there, but let's face it, the kids want a lot of what comes out of Toys R Us. So <laughs> that's what it is. So lots of bright colors and primaries and things like that. So my two tips for you, Suzanne, is, you know, should keep a few of the Kias, maybe, you know, the Billy bookcase or whatever. And even the Ikea furnishings are, are pretty terrific. And the things that can be slip covered and they don't really scream Ikea. Um, so some things are done there really well and really inexpensively. So you'll have to decide what that you have that can stay. But if you have Ikea things that just really look like Ikea or, you know, Ikea put together 
too quickly and doesn't look even look so great. Let's get rid of those and just do some thrifting. Go to some thrift stores. Everybody's got some thrift stores around their houses. Go to some estate sales. Pick up some side tables. You know I am such a fan of these little side tables, and I have an orphanage for them, actually. If you lived closer to me, I would bring over a selection for you, and you could take whatever you wanted. But you know, you're not going to worry about a water stain or somebody dragging their little truck across it and making you know rivets in the wood because you spent $10 on it or something like that. And hey, maybe you'll fall in love with the lines of some of that furniture. And after your kids get older, maybe you're going to want to refinish it or paint it, and you might keep these little pieces as you go along. But I think that you can furnish your home really beautifully and inexpensively with some really, you know, sort of eagle eye thrifting and estate sale shopping. You know, I would stay away from upholstered things and rugs and stuff like that, particularly with kids. You don't want kids crawling around on a rug. You don't know who else has been on it before. Mm-hmm. But for accent tables and even lamps and or a dining table, a coffee table, and then some of the other things that you can do are um, shop on Amazon, shop on Overstock. If you need a coffee mm-hmm. table or mm-hmm. end tables, if you don't want to thrift them, maybe just stay away from the sharp edges. And I would stay away from glass because of the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to do an oval or a round with a marble top. You well, can, can I- find things like that on Amazon for like 150 bucks. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Yeah. You know what we do? We have, because we have babies again here at our house, and we have, we just got a big, great, big, huge basket. And we use that as a coffee table because there's no sharp edges and we can put all their toys in it. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Must be a big one, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big one. And then do you have a top on it or a tray or something for the- A tray. Yes. Just a small tray because those kids are in and out of it. And when they leave, I just, you know, can decorate it nicely. And there's no- And we did it because I was so afraid somebody was going to fall and hurt themselves on the coffee table. Right, right. And then, and and I was going to mention, you know, as, as far as the Toys R Us things, you know, definitely baskets- baskets with lids then and you know if you can try to make it into a fun thing or give them hey you know whoever gets their all their toys picked up and put in their individual basket and next time you know gets a cookie or gets whatever granola bar or you know gets a pat on the back or whatever kids are getting these days for cleaning up a sticker a sticker stuff like that you know and and sort of make it fun and you could have these nice baskets sort of you know lined up you could use those as uh, little side tables as well, or storage ottomans are terrific. I was mentioning the mm, ones yes. that I bought at Overstock, and it's a really nice tufted bench, and then two little storage ottomans came with them, like little babies, like inside, like those Russian dolls you opened up, and there were two more mm-hmm. ottomans inside. <laughs> yeah. Those would be great for all those little things. You know, I don't know if you have whose boys and whose girls, but we had so many little Polly Pockets and Calico Critters and all their little outfits. And we had (laughs) tiny, tiny little pieces. So like eight gajillion Calico Critters or Polly Pockets would fit in one of the little Ottomans. Mm. So, so, you know, think about things like that, softer edges, not too expensive, but I don't think you have to just go the Ikea route. Mm -hmm. I I agree. I think you can do better, Suzanne. 
And Suzanne, you don't have to have your all your kids' toys out at once. And I found that when with my kids and even my new grandbabies coming up, we just have a select amount and we rotate so they're always interested in their toys. Yeah, that's a good that's a hmm. good habit to yeah. get into. Great idea. Okay, so Anita, jumping into something totally mm-hmm. different. Chris J. She's listening to the episodes. She heard it at some point. Yvonne saying she got rid of a lot of her vintage slash antique things. Uh, And then she heard you mention something about the value of antiques. So she really wants to dive a little deeper into that. What are the value of antiques this day? Uh, This, you know, these days, she really loves them. She loves shopping in places like Round Top and all of that. But she doesn't want to make a mistake financially by investing too much in antiques based on what she's hearing, not only on our show, but other places. Right. Hi, Chris. Uh, I also love antiques and I love shopping at Round Top. And I'm kind of calling it the Ikea effect. But yes, all furniture, I would say in general, prices are going down, especially, I shouldn't say especially, but also including in that, uh, our antique, the antique furniture market is is down from what it was. I don't see this as a bad thing because for individuals reselling, you're not going to get a retail price anyway. You were, you're probably going to get about the same amount now that you would have a few years ago, but the, you know, maybe a little bit less, but the good news is if you're buying it, you're going to get a so much better deal. So, uh, you know, and I don't buy things worried about what they're going to resell for. So the main thing, I'm buying it for me using it. So lower prices for me is a great thing. And I just wouldn't worry about what you're going to resell it for. You're probably not, or you're going to end up giving it away to somebody or maybe giving it to a thrift store. I mean, to get top dollar for your used furniture, you really have to sell it yourself and uh, in a, you know, like in your own store, because if you're selling on Craigslist or to a consigning it or de- or selling it on next door, you're selling it at, at a wholesale price and usually maybe even a little bit lower than that for any furniture. So I just wouldn't worry about the pricing. But again, it's all it's all works out in the wash. I wouldn't worry about it. And there is it's definitely still there's definitely still very much a market for it. It's very hot in certain uh niches, but, you know, not, I'd say it's not as hot across the board as it used to be, but definitely there, there is definitely a lot of interest for antique furniture and they do not make it like they used to. If you want something beautifully hand carved, you are almost half to buy vintage or antique. So, you know, I would just say, keep, keep going for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just love if I fall in love with something, I mean, I know in my mind, like, what would I pay for something? And I, I guess, you know, we see enough of it that we know what a good price is. So that would right. be my suggestion too, Chris, is, you know, sounds like you are an antique and vintage shopper. So the more mm-hmm. you educate yourself on what's yes. out there and what is a good price, and when you see the item, then you'll know, if, particularly if you're buying it online, like, Hmm, is that a good price? Let me figure in the shipping and all of that so you can make an educated decision. But I agree with Anita. I think it's actually a great time to be buying antiques and vintage. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting. People ask me all the time, what should I pay for this? What should this be price be? And the true answer is it really depends on the part of the country that you live in. Because I know here in Texas, especially in Houston, antiques have always been a really wonderful bargain. So prices are always fantastic here, but I understand in other parts of the country, the prices are not as good, is not as low. So it really does depend on the going prices in your area. So if you want to know what 
is a good price to buy something for or sell it for, you need to look around in your area and see what things are selling for. And that's going to give you the best idea. But keep in mind, if a store is selling something for $800 and you want to consign it, you're going to get probably get 400 Or if you're selling it on Craigslist, you'll probably get 400 Okay. So now we're in the bedroom and I have a question for Anita. Yes. And we can all ring in on this because I think it's going to be very creative. Now, let me see who it is. Let me turn the page here. Hadley. Hadley had a question about decorating her bedroom dresser. Now, it's a rather large piece of furniture, which we got some pictures of. So what do you guys, both of you, think about putting on a bedroom dresser? Let's start with Anita. Well, Hadley, it's a beautiful dresser. Big windows in the room, some lovely contemporary chairs. It's a beautiful room. The dresser is really got some heft to it. It's a large size, which is good news because that means you've got plenty of room to work with. Sometimes I've got a small dresser and I'm thinking, yeah, there's only so much I can put on here. So I think the thing that I would really want to emphasize with this dresser, Hadley, is it's big, so you need big things on it. I would get, start with two bold size lamps that you love. Pick out something that you love, get some color in it that you like or design, but I would definitely start with two lamps. And you know, the interesting thing is I always buy two lamps, even if I need just one, because when I move them around from one room to another, I usually end up using them as a set later on. So oh, great I have- tip. That is a good tip. Yeah. So sometimes I use the same lamp in two different places. Right. Because then you'd be kicking yourself. And how are you going to go back and find that other lamp? I know. And sometimes I see one and I think, I just love this so much. I just have to have two. And this dresser is big enough. You can easily handle two, you know, nice sized lamps. Then in the center, now she's got a beautiful tray on there now. um, But I would definitely go with a much larger tray in the center. I mean, the tray she has maybe looks around... uh, 15 inches long, and I would go as big as you could fit between the two lamps, maybe 28 inches. I can't really tell from the photo. And then I would put some very large items on there. She's got a beautiful orchid on there. I think I would put that on top of a couple of books to give it some height in Mm. that tray. And then maybe a big, yeah, and then a big Demijohn bottle would be lovely. And I'm talking about you know, kind of a wide, those are wide bottles, maybe about eight inches wide and, and, you know, 18 to 24 inches tall. And then, you know, a smaller item there to go, you know, how we like to have three things. Yeah. Like a trinket box. Right. A box would be perfect Mm -hmm. or perhaps even a little potted, a little pot with a moss ball in it Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. boxwood ball in it. But a trinket box would be beautiful. Yeah. To put like your rings or whatever at night. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, think big accessories, big tray, corral that stuff and some uh, set of two big lamps. You did such a good job, Anita. That's exactly what I would have told her. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Uh-oh>. Exactly. <laughs> and the only thing I might say is maybe get a Lucite tray so it has less of a footprint, but it does corral and maybe have it monogrammed, have your initials Ooh, monogrammed like in it. Mm-hmm. Oh. We love monograms. We do. Okay. So now we're going to go to the kitchen and Yvonne, it's going to help Sandy and Sandy has a kitchen that she her she's renovating a lot of her home, but she is not going to completely remodel her kitchen, but she wants to freshen it up. Sandy is not going to part with her maple cabinets that have a ginger glaze or her current granite. 
because her mom gifted her this kitchen or gifted her the funds for this kitchen and really uh, does not want to change it. But what Mm -hmm. she'd like to do is freshen it up so we're not painting. And she's really tending towards sort of uh, adding blue and white Mm -hmm. and tends towards sort of a French country look. And I have to tell you that Sandy's email was just so beautiful. And she ends her email with saying that she loves listening to decorating tips and tricks and that our giggles and laughter are infectious and our witty banter is effervescent like the bubbles from pink champagne. Oh, oh, Sandy, that was so, that's, that made my day. My day is just going to be wonderful. I know. I know. I feel like, like, I just copy and paste that and like maybe get someone to do it in calligraphy for me and put it on the wall. (laughs) Thanks, Sandy. A few more details. And a lot of you might have the similar type of kitchen with these colors. So listen Mm -hmm. up. So we've got maple cabinets with a ginger glaze and we've got black granite counters Mm -hmm. and a travertine backsplash. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Actually, that sounds really lovely. And maybe Anita and I could share this one. Sandy, thank you so much for writing in because uh, Anita's a little more French than me, but I would definitely, blue and white would be wonderful in there. And blue and white is so crisp. It's an iconic color that goes in every room. And I don't know, maybe you want to start with maybe a new light fixture or so. If, If you have a light fixture over your um, sink, that might be a good place to start. And, uh, maybe something, if you have other lighting, just really check that out. Is, is it pretty? Does it give you the lighting that you need? But then you're just going to add blue and white accents. Maybe you want to, um, find some beautiful blue and white ginger jars that you want with lids that you want to put in your, um, kitchen sort of lined up on that black countertop. That would be gorgeous, wouldn't it? And then oh, I yeah. would say just get a small, a small urn and put a moss ball in it because that blue, black, white, and green, something living look gorgeous together. Um, clear off your countertops, hide as many appliances as you can, and then maybe get a set of pretty blue and white mugs that you're going to put, um, you're going to like, uh, put near like your coffee maker, or your tea or your, um, tea maker, if you have one, puts make make a little uh, area for that. That's really pretty. But start collecting some blue and white um, pieces that go in the kitchen. And I think that's a nice way to spruce it up. And also don't forget, we were talking about fabrics like uh, blue and white uh, curtains to maybe top off if you have a window um, and get some coordinating fabrics for that. I, I'd keep it pretty. Um, uh, uh, simple. I wouldn't go too wild or flowery or whatever, because you want your beautiful kitchen to show forth. And also think about like the little details, like getting blue and white tea towels and wa- and dishcloths and things like that. It's always fun to pull something out that matches the rest of your kitchen. I think that's great. I love those ideas. I, the only thing I think I can add to that, Yvonne, is that if you're not redoing the cabinets, then, and you want to add the blue and white, that there's a few ways you can add it in some big ways in the room. So if you wanted to put blue on the wall, that would be one option. You could paint your island blue. You could go with, uh, and now Yvonne already mentioned, some blue and white curtains, I think are a great idea in there. You can also go with a blue and white rug. And my personal favorite, blue and white dishes on the wall. 
Absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. And I would just add one thing. Think about your uh, hardware. So your knobs or your pulls, they might be dated because this was done a little while ago. Mm-hmm. So you might want to rethink those or- But I wouldn't make those spray blue paint and white. Them. <laughs> no, I wouldn't make those blue no. and white either. Mm-hmm. But you might want to do it in a different metal, depending what they are or if they, yeah. you know, if they're- you know, black ceramic or something like that. So we, we didn't talk about those in the email. So I don't know what those look and like. And how about those blue and white kind of chairs that look like they belong on the sidewalk in Paris? Like oh, bistros. Yes. You know, yes. Oh, yes. they're just gorgeous. Oh, I if you if you've got a table in there or an island, oh my goodness, I would get some of those. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. and you could even, even just spray one in a corner. Them. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Okay. So we have a. A, a rather big question, which we, we might, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be able to get to, uh, and then maybe we might want to supplement a, yet again with an email back to Mary Beth. So Mary Beth is the mom of a young lady who's going to be getting married in September, mm-hmm. and her daughter is, of course, in the UK, and will be returning like an hour and a half before the wedding or something. <laughs> so of course, Mary of Beth's course. job <laughs> is to come up with these. Uh, you know, beautiful centerpieces and cake and gift mm. table for a, a wedding with like 200 and some odd people. So they're the look that her daughter is wanting. Now, of course, the daughter has, you know, instructions, although she's not mm-hmm. going to be here. <laughs> and, Been there, done that. <laughs> right. So the uh, and a budget is a concern. So the centerpieces are, are to incorporate old metals, cut glass, succulents, white flowers, and her accent color is navy. The bridesmaids' dresses mm. will be navy. Um, and they have already purchased burlap runners for the tables. And there's going to be white tablecloths to the ground. And Mary Beth has been running around all over trying to find various pieces of old metals, cut glass, and succulents, and all of this at good prices. And she's thinking every one of the centerpieces is probably going to be slightly different. But do you guys have any ideas of ways that she could incorporate these items and make her daughter so happy uh, when she gets back, so she when she gets married? (laughs) The 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 um the ideas are spinning in my head. First of all, congratulations, mother of the bride, and to and to the beautiful bride in in the UK as well. One good thing, white, navy, and burlap look beautiful together. So I'd really just continue that theme. Like you're saying, you're going to do burlap table runners. And what you're saying, old metal, what I'm, I'm hoping that you mean is like, like maybe old silver plate, um, pitchers and, and creamers and sugar bowls or just like pieces of, of some kind of kitchenware. So let's just Or go. it could be galvanized too. So yeah, it could yeah, let's go with pails that. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Um I love the idea of using succulents and they can be done very, very easily and well. Uh, I start with the center of the table and get something large and that's going to be the centerpiece. Um, let's say you have, I'm just going to say you have a small galvanized bucket. Let's just use that. There's, you know, why don't you just cut some burlap and, and, um, make a, ba- make a band for it, 
Uh, so it's not all that galvanized. So you've got a little break up there. So you've got a pail with a nice galvanized band around it. And we'll start with that. And then you can just fill that with beautiful white flowers. And then let's say that you have a silver creamer, a small silver creamer. Fill sphagnum moss in that and put a big succulent on top of that. And then you can use your cut crystal. And if it's something that you can even tip over, which looks so pretty, you can put a little succulent picking at peeking out of that. Oh, like it's spilling that. out. Like it's spilling out. Charming. And do that in, in maybe uh, grouping that around the table. So wherever somebody sits, they get a view of something. Yeah, I like that. And like then that. here's another thing that, uh, not to make it more expensive for you, but I've seen this done. And you can pick up these for a song like Old Brooches like old uh, brooches that have fake diamonds in them, you can get them and tuck them, like maybe pin that onto the bucket. And so cute. Or tuck I it in know. with a succulent, like stuck and it in the moss. Succulent and old brooches look gorgeous together. But I just think it would look so pretty on a pail with, with a um, banding of burlap. And even you may want to fringe each end with a beautiful brooch on it with flowers and then right beside that. And, you know, uh, like some kind of little pot or some kind of old metal piece or even a cut crystal, again, with a, with a nice size um, succulent coming out of it. Nice. That sounds wonderful. I was Good thinking job, for Mary Beth, um, just to simplify it for you, because also I didn't mention it, but you know, they're going to have to set this up sort of in between the ceremony and then the people coming and then oh, and moving. Whoa. So there's going to be a lot going on that day. Get so this woman is not going to friends. relax until her daughter is <laughs> wow. on her honeymoon. Get so, 10 of your best friends to help you do this. Don't ex- do it by yourself. Exactly. So I was thinking if you had it sort of set up where it could all be um, assembled and then put on the table. So I would start with yeah. a base, either a very inexpensive round silver tray. Now you can really get those for a song. And I know Mary Beth seems like a good hunter and gatherer. So she's probably mm-hmm. going to be able to find these. And, you know, they're definitely going to be tarnished. So then you've got your old medals or a wood slice, which I know you can buy on mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that can be your base. And then each thing that you find, okay, so we have a cut glass uh, uh, you know, cup, and then mm-hmm. we have some uh, succulent in a little tarnished creamer, and then you have something taller, even if it's like a mason jar with some white roses in it, or you know, it's, and mixed in with maybe some thistle or something to get the blue going. And each one could be a little different, but each thing, each centerpiece is going to have a round for the bottom, it's some sort of mm-hmm. tray or the wood mm-hmm. slice, and then it's going to have three elements mm-hmm. in different heights. And just like Yvonne was saying, that way, when the people are sitting around the table, everybody's getting getting a view of a something. A look at something. And can I just add this? Yeah. I really think what you should do is almost like have a centerpiece in a box. Like however yeah. many tables you have, have a box, have everything in there, and just hand it off to somebody. Right. And, oh, and then all idea. you have to do is right. go around and fluff it. Don't right. you do that work. Have your friends do it because that's that's what friends are for. You know, I wouldn't... if And if we my, could come if we were invited. <laughs> we right. We'd be doing out and we could do that. the whole thing. And but just have you hand it off to your friends and all you have to do is go around and fluff each table. Yeah. And part of the fluffing might be think about this. I just did um I do a, I'm 
the volunteer, I do the flowers with a, a, a local florist for a big charity event every year. And this year we incorporated fairy lights because we were oh. trying to sort of, we didn't want to use the pin lights from the mm-hmm. hotel because it's very mm-hmm. expensive to have them do the lighting. So I said, how about fairy lights? And we got strings of those fairy lights and then you just get some batteries. The copper wire? Yes, but mm-hmm. they, you don't even see the wire. The way we worked it into the centerpieces and Mary Beth might be able to do that, work it in with her three oh, elements so you don't see it idea. and then you hide the little battery pack and mm-hmm. then when mm. she's fluffing the last thing she goes around and turns them all on oh. and it's really obviously depends on the the venue if it's super sunny you're not going to bother yeah. with that yeah fairy lights and cut glass can you imagine yeah i know oh. so great so mary beth let us know you know keep me posted on what you're finding and we can always add in some additional ideas mm-hmm. we could keep talking and talking and talking we haven't um, gotten to all my questions i know we haven't <laughs> So uh, we're, well, maybe we'll, we'll just do one more little uh, thing, and then I'm going to have us do our tip of the, our listener tip of the day. Okay. And then, if whatever we have left over, we'll just have to do another one of these. Soon. All right, Lily. Well, maybe next it, time. Oh no, let's do Lily. I'm sorry. Okay, we all promised right. Lily because she was she was hanging over from last. Oh time. yeah, so you Lily have to with her. all the windows. Let's do Lily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead, Yvonne. So Lily's got 26 windows. Ooh. She sent us fo- in her home. She sent us photos. And here's her challenge. Her husband has allergies. And so she cannot mm-hmm. use a lot of fabric. Well, Lily, first of all, congratulations on your beautiful new home. And the pictures you sent look lovely. And you do have a lot of beautiful windows. The one thing in, and the one thing I would say to really finish these windows is to add trim to them, excuse me, that I think each window could use some trim. And the heavier you can put trim all the way around it, excuse me, the nicer they're going to look. And I would just start with your, um, that your downstairs living spaces first, where you're, where you're all day. And then I would go from there, but that's where I would start. And that's going to make a huge difference on how your windows look. And you know, you do not need to put Um, fabric on windows to make them look dressed up. And I know our favorite way to do that here at Decorating Tips, (laughs) I always say that tips and tricks is to use like those beautiful bamboo blinds, like they're colored like tortoise shell and your colors would so lend to that. I see that you use blues and you have a, a, a pop of gold, like a yellowy gold, which is really in right now. And I think that if you would just put those blinds on the windows, it just, they're roller, you know, they're a roller blind and, um, or, or, or they can be like the Roman shade type that I think that would make a huge difference and really dress up those windows, make them look real updated. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried about people seeing in at night, you can even get them in blackout now, which I think was so smart. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about a, a wooden trim, like molding trim all over. Yeah, right? I would get painted mm-hmm. wooden molding tr- molded trim because she doesn't seem to have any around her windows. And the and I'd even put like a little bit of extra at the top, like a header, mm-hmm. because it would make your windows actually appear taller. Yeah, and you could even I'm thinking with those shades, you could even make a cornice out of some. You of can, that. you can, right. it and just trim it all like look. really chunky. But here's oh, what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hide those beautiful windows. I, and I'm, I, I'm with you. I have like 50 windows in my house. So I know it's a tough one. And here's what I would say. You've got that beautiful, beautiful patio window. Um, I would take 
either take down your curtains there because it looks like you have white or sheer and then you have blue over it. And I would just choose one or the other because if your husband has allergies, that's a lot of fabric on those windows. Mm -hmm. And I would just choose maybe, and, and they're pulled back with ties. I would just choose to put them on either side hanging down. And it looks like on... You can probably go with your curtain rod. I would go a little higher and a little further out on each side of the wall just just to frame the doors. And again, if you need um, privacy at night, you can get some roll-down windows for there. And good, that way it wouldn't be as much fabric for you. Okay, wow. great. And then we'll slide into the tip of the day. Let's oh, can I just mention the day. one? One thing real fast sure. before uh-huh. we get into that, that I was recently on a fabulous podcast called Heidi Rue. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to my episode. But if you want to hear my personal story of reinvention and how when I first started my blog, nobody read it, uh, not even <laughs> my mother, <laughs> then uh, you're going to check it. You want to, might want to check out that episode, but I'll, I'll include a link. It was and, a delight to talk to her. Anita, I am so proud of you. I listened to it. It was a wonderful podcast. Y- you knocked it out of the park and it's really worth listening to, to hear Anita's story. Yeah. Oh, uh, hear you. what Anita, Anita thinks about zebras. You should listen to it. It's really good. <laughs> so our listener tip of the day today, I'm sorry, you've all been like, okay, is it? What is it? Is it going to be me? I keep alluding to it. Now I'm getting to it. So the listener tip of the day today is from Lisa S. And Lisa giving us a tip on children's artwork. And so, you know, Suzanne might want to listen up or any of the moms or grandmas out there. So Lisa tells us that you can go to a company called Archive. So that's A-R-T-K-I-V-E. And you would upload pictures of your children's artwork and they then will put it all together into a beautiful hardcover book for you. So say goodbye to the bins and you have all your children's beautiful artwork all preserved in a hardcover book. I think that's a great tip because a lot of people ask what to do about children's artwork. So thank you so much, Lisa. That was a great tip. Thanks for being with us today. Listener questions, we get so carried away. We've been talking for almost 45 minutes. Remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home and inspire you to send us lots and lots of questions. Until (laughs) next time. Hey, everybody. We want to thank you so much for listening to Decorating Tips and Tricks. And we want to make it even easier for you to listen. And it's easier if you subscribe. You just click the subscribe button on our website, www.decoratingtipsandtricks.com. Or you can subscribe through Apple Podcast or any of your favorite podcast listeners. When you subscribe, DTT comes free right to you three days a week. So until next time.